Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm your host, Megan Dwyer. Today, I want to talk about self-compassion. I feel like it's appropriate to talk about today because it's been a tough week for me. And personally, I could use a little bit of self-compassion right now. Um, I've touched on this in many of my episodes as a technique that we can use to help ourselves in these moments of anxiety and overwhelm. But I've never done a deep dive on what it actually is and how to do it and how to practice it which is really the hardest part. So that's what I want to do today. I think our relationship with money needs to be padded with self-compassion. I've talked about this before, right? We can't get away from money. We need it to live. We're forced to handle it every day. And it's complicated, right? There's often no right or wrong. It's more of an art than a science, especially with the bigger decisions in life. So I think we need to be kind to ourselves while we're growing and fostering a healthy relationship with money. I think that how we relate to money is symbolic of our overall relationship with ourselves. So if we're beating ourselves up for every mistake that we make, we get stuck in the shame spiral that's really hard to get out of. And the stories that we tell ourselves impede our ability to get out of our own way. And this is why we need self-compassion. Because women need to stop staying small and feeling bad about ourselves for not being perfect or not knowing everything. We're better than that, right? The other thing is that women tend to be extremely compassionate towards everyone else, but really harsh inner critics. And that makes sense, right? It's true. We have this natural maternal instinct, but women in our culture are also taught to be self-sacrificing. We're praised when we take care of everyone and everything around us and put ourselves last. So it makes complete sense how we got here. And before I get into the, to exactly what self-compassion is and how we practice it, I, I want to take a few minutes to just briefly mention the benefits of self-compassion. There have been over 3,500 studies done on the benefits of self-compassion. Some of those include an increase in overall well-being, a boost in feelings of self-worth and resilience, higher emotional intelligence, better physical health, a growth mindset, more social connection, decreased mental health problems, including anxiety, depression, uh, fear of failure. It's actually been proven that the more self-compassion you have, the least likely you are to burn out, which is very common among women and in particular moms. Um, there's also improved body image, um, self-compassion increases our motivation, right? So there's so many, um, physical, mental, emotional benefits to self-compassion. So what actually is self-compassion? Dr. Kristen Neff is the pioneer in the field of self-compassion. She has researched the concept for over 15 years and has wrote a few books, including uh, Self-Compassion, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself, and another book that just came out last year called Fierce Self-Compassion, How Women Can Harness Kindness to Speak Up, Claim Their Power, and Thrive. 
Dr. Neff says that self-compassion requires being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate, rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. Instead of mercilessly judging and criticizing yourself for various inadequacies or shortcomings, self-compassion means you are kind, kind and understanding when confronted with personal failings. Self-compassion involves acting the same way towards yourself when you're having a difficult time as you would with somebody else, like your child or your spouse or a good friend. Instead of just ignoring your discomfort or brushing it off, you stop to tell yourself, this is really difficult right now. What can I do to comfort and care for myself in this moment? Self-compassion also means being more willing to experience difficult feelings and to acknowledge them as valid and important. And the goal here isn't to get rid of bad feelings and replace them with good ones. It's to embrace our collective suffering with tenderness and care, right? So that like the, the good and the bad are experienced simultaneously. This is a pretty common theme for myself, especially being a recovering perfectionist. And it's something I've talked about several times on the show before because I think it's really common for a lot of women. I like things to be a certain way, and it's simpler for me when I can view the world in black and white. I'm laughing because it seems silly when I'm saying it out loud now, but that's how my brain works. When I do that, right, when I think of things in black and white, I can put things in buckets and make more sense of it. But I'm realizing that it's not doing me any good. And maybe those buckets that I sort things into aren't so defined after all. Like when I make a mistake at work or I lose it and yell at my kids, my default is to beat myself up and tell myself I'm terrible at this. I'm the worst mom. I'm a just general failure. And I think we can all relate to these things that we tell ourselves, right? But self-compassion tells us that it's not quite that simple. It allows us to realize that, yes, maybe I made a mistake, but I'm also not a complete failure because I did this. I'm human, and we all struggle. And I want to dive in a little bit deeper into the, the, the nerdy research stuff um, on self-compassion because it's really interesting. Dr. Neff breaks out self-compassion into three elements. The first is self-kindness. Um, self-kindness is the conscious decision to turn toward yourself with love and kindness as opposed to ignoring the internal suffering or pain and being self-critical. It's the ability to approach our experience with non-judgmental curiosity and emotional warmth. It's the willingness to take care of ourselves, right? The, the, the second element of self-compassion is mindfulness, which is the ability to pause and notice our thoughts. Notice the thoughts, notice our feelings, the sensations that are in the present moment without judgment, right? Um, and the key here, I think, is not holding on to those thoughts, feelings, or dismissing them, right? Like not getting stuck in it, not ruminating on it, and also not just pushing it away. I think it's, I think that's especially crucial for our negative thoughts. It's important to just be in the moment and say, yep, I'm feeling this. And the last component to self-compassion is common humanity, which is 
embracing imperfection and making sense of our experience as a shared human experience, right? It's recognizing and understanding that others are also experiencing suffering and pain in addition to just us. This last part is really helpful for me because I've often just felt so isolated in in my own head, right? Feeling like I'm the only one that's struggling with this particular challenge or whatever it is that I'm going through right now. But we all make mistakes. We all have to learn somehow, right? We all go through hard times and we all experience difficult, painful emotions that lead us to act in ways that maybe we wish we hadn't. And this is what makes us human. So the idea is that we feel close to not only ourselves here, but to others as well, because we're sharing this experience of being human together, right? So uh, this is so fascinating to me, right? To learn about what, what self-compassion is, what makes up self-compassion, but how do we do it? What are the act, what are some actual tips with some, some strategies that we can utilize to actually practice it in our own life? Because it's great to know what it is, but it's so much harder to be in the moment when you're beating yourself up because something just happened. Your nervous system is going crazy and you need to, to do something to take care of yourself, right? So what can we do to practice self-compassion? I think the first step here is to recognize how hard it is to be self-compassionate. Our lives are complex, right? We're pulled in so many directions and our culture tells us that we have to be good at everything all the time. I think when we get that, like that concept, like instinctually, self-compassion can begin to come a little bit more naturally. As someone who has struggled with being hard on herself since I was a little kid, knowing that I'm not alone and also that like this isn't easy helps me so much as just a foundation. Um, but there's a few other things and, and that I want to suggest here. And one of them is physical touch. Think for a minute about the sensation of a hug when you're upset or, you know, your nervous system is, is dysregulated somehow. Touch activates our care system and the parasympathetic nervous system to help us calm down and feel comforted and safe. For all you moms out there, think about how a baby responds to being cuddled and how we feel in that moment too, right? Like when we're cuddling a baby. Research has proven that physical touch releases oxytocin, provides a sense of security, calms cardiovascular stress, and soothes painful emotions. But as we know, right? We can't always hug somebody or cuddle whenever we're frustrated with ourselves, like at work, for example. But we can take simple actions towards ourselves that give us a similar feeling. Okay, so like putting a hand on our heart when we're under stress. Or honestly, anywhere, like you're putting a hand on your stomach or your arm or touching your cheek, whatever works for you and feels right. Feeling the the gentle pressure and the warmth of our hands, taking some deep breaths and saying something to ourselves like, this is really hard right now, can replicate the soothing feeling of a hug and help calm our nervous systems. For me, this sounded very, very woo-woo at first, but 
the science around it makes sense to me. And it actually does help a lot in the moment, especially when I feel that massive pit in my stomach and my heart starts racing. Um, a couple other tips here. You know, the, another one is, is ask yourself how you would treat a friend. Think about the last time that you had a friend reach out to you who was struggling with something or was just feeling really bad about themselves. I think it's important here to really think about what you would typically do in that situation. Like when you have a friend come to you who's struggling, what do you actually say to them? What are your words? What tone of voice are you using? Right? Think about that. Now, you know, in contrast, think about how you act when you feel bad about yourself or you're struggling. What's the difference? <laughs> and for me, <laughs> it was a massive difference. But for just a minute, you know, let's think about how things might change if you responded to yourself in the same way that you would respond to a friend who was struggling. If you've never done this before, it's really uncomfortable. Trust me, I know. But I think it's really worth trying just to be curious and see what happens. And, and I, can, I can tell you from my personal experience, it's very uncomfortable, but it makes a huge difference. And I almost feel this guilt, right, that I'm feeling better than I was before. And that's a whole other issue can deal with that on another to uh, that topic in another podcast. But it's, it's, it's helping me in the moment to, to physically heal myself when I'm feeling just off, right? Totally dysregulated. The last um, tip I want to suggest in terms of practicing self-compassion is change the critical self-talk. And this can't be done until we are aware of our critical self-talk. For so many of us, and myself included here, this inner mean girl is a voice that is so common that I hardly even notice when it's there. It just feels like that's who I am. But it's not. And that's why it's important here to be curious and really see how we talk to ourselves. Right? So like just notice. If you just stress ate a half a bag of M&Ms and you're feeling bad about yourself afterwards, what are you actually saying to yourself? What are those words, right? Maybe it's that you're gross or that you can't be trusted. That's what I would say. And, and once you have the awareness of what you're actually saying to yourself, that's when we can learn to reframe it. What about, you know, instead of that was really gross, like you can't be trusted around candy. What if instead we say, hey, it's okay that you ate those M&Ms. You're stressed. Life is hard right now. What's something else that I can maybe do in this moment to make me feel better? And then go with it, right? Whatever it is. Take a walk, put on some music. I don't know, watch a video about puppies. It doesn't matter. The idea is that we kind of are aware of the inner critic and we can shift that the, the way that we talk to ourselves. And please know that this isn't easy to do. And the goal here is not perfection. I used to think that this kind of work is just too hard and I'm terrible at it, so I'm not going to bother. But that black and whiteness is shifting for me because I'm realizing that the self-criticism isn't helping me in any way. And honestly, I have too much going on to constantly feel beaten down by myself. 
I talked earlier about how, as women, we're praised when we take care of everyone and everything around us and put ourselves last. And it's not necessarily our faults. We're socialized to be this way. But what if we didn't have to be? What if we questioned our conditioning, which I admit is very, very hard to do? But imagine, just imagine for a second, the kind of culture that we'd have if women were kinder to themselves. If we treated ourselves with the care and the support that we treat others with and that we deserve, that everyone deserves. Instead of focusing our energy on feeling bad about ourselves, we could create this capacity to focus our energy on other things, right? Like family, our passions, work that we feel really good about, which is really cool. And I'm so excited about this concept, right? I feel like this shift is already starting and we need to do our part to keep this momentum going, right? It's going to be a whole different world if we just can change the way that we think about it and the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we approach just kindness in general. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but if you liked this episode, please feel free to share with a friend. And it would be amazing if you could write me a review on Apple Podcasts because that's how I can reach more people. Thank you so much, you guys, and I'll talk to you next time.